And you are worthy of my grace. Yeah. That's right. We're a Riverdale recap podcast here to talk about chapter 96, Welcome to Rivervale, written by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, directed by Gabriel Coria. That's right. The dream team, the all-stars. They're they're back. And we are kicking off season six. Yes. Yeah. Welcome to season six, baby. It's it's, it's good to be back. It's been a little while. (laughs) It's been a very little while. Very little. A while. Honestly, it's felt like a very long time. It's been six weeks? Six weeks. It feels like a few months. But we are here and we are going to talk about this episode. And oh my God, is there so much to talk about? Because everything is different now as Jughead lays out in his narration. But not just narration. No. Oh, He's no, no. speaking directly to camera, Twilight Zone style. Full on Twilight Zone. His hair is slicked back. He's wearing a suit. He's got his little beanie buttons on <laughs> his suit. He should be smoking to complete the Rod Serling picture, but you can't do that on TV anymore, I guess. You can. Sometimes. <laughs> I don't think you can on the CW. But it is an introduction about how uh, we are going to be talking about a town very much like one you're familiar with, but distinct in its own way, because this is River Vale. Yes, and it's filled with myth and stuff. I said a lot of things. I don't really remember. <laughs> but the important thing is that the direct quote, it is not the same town. Yes. And so uh, Jughead takes us on not a- just on through narration, but through him popping into everyone's homes. On a whirlwind tour of every major and secondary character and what they're up to these days. Yes. So first we visit Tony and Fangs and baby Anthony is very upset, crying nonstop, and they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to call Dr. Curdle for an appointment. It's not that bad. The baby's still alive, please. Dr. Curdle, family practitioner, and yeah. not Dr. Curdle, morgue manager. <laughs> he's, he's in the family practice practice uh, here in Rivervale. And has hair. Yeah, he, and the the round mirror on his forehead. He's a very old-fashioned doctor. Yes. Um, so they're like, we're going to get an appointment. It'll be fine. We can handle this. No, they can't. They're like totally at a breaking point. They're going to lose it. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tabitha is signing the papers on a new home she's sharing with Jughead. This is the first time she's ever moved in with a boy. They're moving in together. And the real estate agent says like, oh, you never can tell, kind of implying that Jughead might be a murderer? I mean, in this town, you really you really don't know. You, you never, you never do know. Uh, Veronica and Reggie have become the, become the neighbors in National Lampoon's Christmas yes, vacation. that's exactly what I thought! That's exactly what I thought! They are in matching workout gear as they are on side-by-side treadmills as they are closing investment deals. Yes. It's a lot. Um... And what I love is Jughead's like, they're exhausting, aren't they? <laughs> yes, yes, they are, actually. So we don't spend too much time with them because we have to whisk over to Elm Street, uh, which is, of course, where the Cooper and Andrew's homes are. And Alice is just breaking shit in her own home to get Frank to come over and fix it. 
Yes, and she's like, oh, was it more chicken bones this time? And he's like, no, it was a dish towel. <laughs> How did that get in the drain, huh? I don't know, but I'm just going to stand here and admire your butt. This is the plot to uh, the 2006 Doctor Who episode, Love and Monsters. <laughs> So then, though, uh, Jughead takes us next door, where his old chum is living with his ex-girlfriend. And he's going to leave whatever is happening upstairs to the imagination. Except it's not to the imagination, because we, like, we go, go up there right up there without Jughead. We leave him behind. And what happens is there is a bomb noise, and, Ju- and Archie just, like, snaps awake from sleeping. And he's like, oh, man, I just had this horrible dream. It was all a dream. We were living in this place called Riverdale, and there was, like, a bomb under our bed. And we were, like, gonna hook up. <laughs> And, and Betty calms him down and says, hey, no more Twilight Zone marathons before bed. You're not allowed to just say it. You're, that's bad. That's, trust your audience. That's bullshit. Fuck you. You can't just say the words. <laughs> and so Betty's like, let's make all those bad dreams go away with some early morning delight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Come on. <laughs> the English language is so varied when it comes to sex. Oh, yeah. I think it is our most euphemized thing, perhaps even more than death. There, there are certainly one and two. I'm not sure of the order. Yeah. But so many of those sex. are just horrible. <laughs> just garish nightmare phrases. And this episode tries to use them all. So many. <laughs> so, but then they're interrupted by Kevin calling. Yeah. Uh, that he was jogging mm-hmm. in the woods. And uh, found something. So they rush off to the woods. And what they find is... something that makes you so happy. Remember how I've been wanting the sacred deer to come back? That (laughs) fucking deer? Well, guess what? It's come back and they've sacrificed it. There's been more Riverdale since the deer was introduced than there was before the deer. That was season two, I think. I was holding out and it fucking happened. finally happened. And this is what happens when you have patience. You are rewarded sacrificed on a stone altar in the middle of Fox Forest with runes drawn in its own blood and the deer's heart has been removed. And Kevin's never going to jog here again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he will. That's what Kevin says every time he jogs anywhere in the woods. (laughs) He's running out of spots. Kevin Kevin has two scenes in this episode, I believe. Uh... And both of them start with him calling Archie on the phone. He has three scenes. Kevin needs more friends. (laughs) Uh, well, they're staring at the sacred deer that I totally predicted would come back. Mm-hmm. They're making plans to, like, put it on the roof of somebody's car, to take it down to the crime lab and, like, figure yes. out what's what. But before they can do that, Cheryl appears, of course. and Cheryl appears. Cheryl appears. She comes with all of her pupils mm-hmm. dressed as animes. Britta and Co. Yeah. Uh, Britta and Co. Yeah. You don't really see the uniforms. They, not, not in this scene. Not in this scene. What's more important is they all are in their, their archery gear. They're all Katniss Everdeen. <laughs> they are armed and ready to, to seize this beast on their land. This, this is on Thornhill property. And they are going to... And remember, they are a sovereign nation now. Yes. They have succeeded from from Riverdale and the United States. (laughs) (laughs) They are Uh no longer a part of the country. Not just like we're not a part of your town. We're no longer a part of the country. 
Cheryl Blossom is a headmistress, a maple maven, and a delegate to the UN. <laughs> um, and so she's like, we're going to shoot you unless mm-hmm. you leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, Like St. Sebastian, the hottest saint. Yep. They, there's a little back and forth between the groups about the mm-hmm. deer and how, like, what the hell are you doing? And she's like, this is a practice to, like, you know, Mother Earth. They're going to use every part of the deer, right? They're they're going to uh, eat its flesh, and they're going to make leather of its hide, and they're going to boil its hooves for paste and, and, and everything. Yes. So they are paying respect to Mother Earth for what she yes. gave. and. They- uh, her, her whole thing seems to be raising a coven of animist witches with a working knowledge of the Catholic martyrs at the same time. We, we see no distinction off. there, uh, but also archery. Very important. Yes. And so she, she tells them all to leave her land, heathens. <laughs> Otherwise, they're going to kill them. Yeah. Uh, they, they are certainly outgunned. Well, out-arrowed. And that's the end of that. Uh, so uh, meanwhile, so at Dr. Curdle Jr.'s family uh, uh, practice... Uh, they have taken the baby, and he's like, okay, so your baby has colic. There is something I could do. I'm aware of a folk remedy. If your actual fucking MD says, I'm aware of a folk remedy, you gotta shop around. This, this is my favorite part, Quote, I Quote. No, I, I gotta do it. I wanna do it. I get to do it. Don't you dare take this away from me. Are you okay? I don't think I'm allowed in bed tonight. So he says, I would like to put this toe. Mookie. I would like to put this toad in baby Anthony's mouth. (laughs) It will suck the colic right out of him. (laughs) This toad is a reasonable, like, a reasonable fraction of baby Anthony's, you know, body mass. Definitely a choking hazard. (laughs) And uh, Tony's like, no. No, no, thank you. Goodbye. He's like, okay, then uh, you should get some earplugs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because you gotta put the toad in the baby mouth to suck the colic from the baby. There are worse ideas to cure colic, and we will be hearing about them shortly. Yeah, this is surprisingly the less abusive one. So at Jughead and Tabitha's new place, Archie is helping move in. Archie is helping move them in. And uh, most of Jughead's possessions, by weight at least, is his comic book collection. Yes. <laughs> he has way more than I do. And more in storage. Yeah. Although I have a lot more comics featuring Jughead than Jughead probably does. So I guess we're even. <laughs> Tabitha and Betty have a little chat about like, oh, no, this isn't weird. Glad mm-hmm. to help. Mm-hmm. Like, I never knew if I was going to be with Archie or Jughead. But like, That's we know. That's an interesting point. Like... The way Riverdale works, like, so much focus that I've had while talking about the show is it's so weird that they aren't constantly doing the Archie Comics love triangle. Yeah. They kind of were, at least in parts, but just by shifting it 90 degrees. Yeah. It was Betty who was making a choice far, far more often. Yes. Veronica is on a video call with Cameron. Who's Cameron? We don't know Cameron. We met Cameron. Cameron, I'm pretty sure... She did a video call with him before, and he, like, stopped talking to her after he was, like, she was involved with stuff with Oh, Chad. yeah. Cameron's the guy that, like, works at her old firm or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so she is trying to uh, get him to invest in their casino idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Moki's <laughs> just getting louder. Are you going to make your bed, baby? Are you going to finish making your bed? <laughs> One of us is a little out of practice, and she's a dog. <laughs> but Cameron is talking about, like, oh, casino, that's, that's cute, good idea. You know, you have your hobbies, but... Uh, Eventually, you'll come back to us. I'll, I'll, you know, keep the seat warm for you or whatever. And she gets very offended and says, I think our casino is going to be huge and slams her laptop closed. Uh, And Reggie was overhearing all of this and he's concerned and Mm -hmm. like, well, tell me straight. Do you actually want this? I mean, I'm pretty sure their casino is going to be the size that will fit in a suburban strip mall. But, you know, huge is as huge does, I guess. So, so Veronica tells Reggie, though, like, you know, I initially wanted to go back to New York, but not anymore. This is fun. I like this. Everything that's meant to be is finally here. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, then we go check in on Tabitha and Jughead in their new place. And they're doing the couple thing because Tabitha is afraid of spiders, but Jughead will just go up and kill the spider. Oh, they're so perfect together. But wait, there's a twist. Tabitha is a catch-and-release kind of girl. She's very upset that Jughead killed the spider. See, this is a conversation you need to have early in your relationship before you move in, is what is your expectation for dealing with bugs? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My expectation is you kill those motherfuckers and you don't make me look at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I start screaming that I see a bug, you come running, stopping whatever you're doing. But uh, Jughead reassures her that it's okay I mean, it's true. There's always more spiders. You're not going to run out. But she's like, no, no, no. It's bad luck. We've been cursed. He insists they are not cursed. The end of the scene. Like, If the last line of a scene is insisting you're not cursed. You're cursed. That, that's that's some fucked. visual language. That's you what we call that. You are fucked. Uh, there's a town hall meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Archie is called up to, to talk about the reforestation plan specifically maple forests this whole it's like you know an old factory town and the factory you know boarded up because it was owned by a capricious and and spiteful person except the factory is trees yeah archie makes the case that you know since cheryl declared herself a sovereign state they have lost their source for maple syrup Yes. And this needs to be remedied because you apparently can't get maple syrup anywhere else. It's worded awkwardly, but he says, you know, we've lost the syrup and the profits from it. So, like, they've lost syrup harvesting for which to to export. But he never says that again. He keeps saying about losing syrup over and over again without that second part. But here's the thing. Cheryl's the one that made money off of right? the syrup. None of them made money off of the syrup. I never saw her hire anyone to, to tap the trees. So I don't really see how this is a problem. She didn't even pay people to mine beneath the trees. So uh, his his idea is that um, they should buy a bunch of maple saplings. Which and, they already have. Which they already have. He says we're going to, but like then he says two seconds later, like, we got them. They're, they're already, already here. here. <laughs> yeah. um, and the, they're going to give one to every family in Riverdale to plant mm-hmm. at their home. And then, I guess, go trespass on their land to tap syrup. Hopefully everybody's putting their like community tap tree in the front yard. It'd get real awkward. <laughs> Uh, and so they're like, great, we'll have a tree handing out 
party at Pops. Because mm-hmm. that's what you do. Well, the Pops parking lot has already been a Christmas tree lot. This is true. So it can be a maple tree lot as well. Uh, and so, so Jughead... And his Twilight Zone-ish pops in again and is like, oh yes, this riveting conversation. Let's go to Thornhill where the discussion about maple syrup may be more interesting. So now we get to see the school uniforms at, at Cheryl's Academy for Spooky Youngsters. Yes. They are literally the girls' uniforms at Tokyo 3 High School from Neon Genesis Evangelion. Anime! <laughs> What they don't tell you is that the maple syrup is LCL. That's the secret. Um, <laughs> Get in the fire truck, Archie, or Vegas will have to do it again. So, <laughs> they're just, they're so much. They're so much. I will say in this episode is, is the most we see Cheryl not dressed in red. At one point she is wearing green. That, that was season one she wore green like once. It's been so long. She did it again. It's weird. Um, it, it was the ceremonial tree tapping. She was the only blossom in green. It was like her protest, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She She's talking to her anime pupils mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and was like, okay, <laughs> before we were like invaded, mm-hmm. we I was pointing out the maple trees and that they've dried up. Yes. And all the trees have withered away because they have forgotten the old ways. And Nanaro's in her only line this whole episode oh. just sort of croaks, ah, the old ways. The it's, old ways. <laughs> it's her entire contribution. No, and it's the perfect. Old ways. <laughs> we don't even like fucking see her. <laughs> we do see her later for one second, but like we don't even see her when she says this line. And so Cheryl goes on that, um, and about all of this, and the whole reason this is all happening is mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. everything used to belong to she who walks among the trees, who they used to worship, and then would provide for the town. Also known as the Maple Maiden, two uh, uh, names for this pagan goddess of yes. Riverdale. Uh, see, or, excuse me, of River Vale. Yes. Because in Riverdale, Cheryl is all about Mother Gaia. In River Vale, it is she who walks among the trees. The Maple Maiden. And so she is telling everyone that they must return to the old ways. The blood ways. The pagan ways. And then she lifts her her pinky as she grabs her little champagne flute of what I can only assume is deer blood. And as she says, Archie Andrews is trying to steal my maple thunder. And And she won't allow it. And then all of her students start clapping and each one individually says congratulations to Cheryl. It takes forever, but it's kind of a nice moment all the same. So uh, going over to uh, Archie's, Mm -hmm. uh, Archie is talking to his mom on the phone. As Betty comes inside from walking Vegas. In Rivervale, Vegas is still alive. dog is really old. (laughs) Um, and so he gets off the phone, Betty's like, oh, you know, how's your mom? And she's like, well, you know, she wants to know uh, if we put any more thought into, you know, what she talked to us about. Betty's like, well, we decided marriage, uh, you know, it's not for everyone because, like, everyone we know is divorced or dead. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, the other thing. Mary want grandbaby. Give Mary grandbaby. And so then they have a little conversation about how there's no rush. They're only in their 20s. And they're like, yeah, let's let nature run its course. Archie like, want to make grandbaby <laughs> right now. That's what he literally says right after he says, let's let nature run its course. 
Like right now. And scoops her fucking up and they go get it on. I'm gonna nut in you. Let's go. I... <laughs> it's not about that. I'm leaving that whole pause in. I don't care. What I was trying to say is everything in this episode about making babies <laughs> makes me so incredibly angry and uncomfortable. So let, let's follow uh, uh, Rod Serling Jughead's uh, uh, lead and just cut away to something else then. So we're going to cut away. Which is Jughead. Yes, to Jughead pouring some Fruit Loops and getting a whole lot of cockroaches. Yeah, yeah. All up in his oops all berries. Oops all buggies. Ugh. It's really gross. And he freaks the fuck out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Throws it in the sink. Is just like stomping them down into the, the garbage disposal. But you know what happens next? We cut away <laughs> and we go to Pops. And we see Archie handing out maple trees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Cheryl shows up and she's like, well, 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 are you making a play for my maple birthright? And he's like, you don't own maple trees or syrup. And I'm like, Archie, you're kind of acting like she does in the fact that you can't get maple syrup anywhere else. Well, she owns all of the producing trees. That's why they're building these. That, that's why they're planting these little baby saplings that will eventually be tappable in, in 20 years. Yeah, I love like in like 30 <laughs> years, you can have syrup. <laughs> it's a long term plan to be sure. And so he gives a little speech about how, you know, it's, it's every, this is, they're doing this for Riverdale, and the people of Riverdale deserve to be able to tap their own trees. Cheryl's sunglasses are gigantic. <laughs> they're a parasitic organism eating her face. And so uh, Cheryl's like, well, fine, if we, everyone's going to tap their own tree, I want 13 trees for my pupils. And he's like, you succeeded, so no... See, these trees were bought by Rivervale, like, municipal taxes, and they are to be distributed to taxpayers. That ain't you. Quite frankly, you would have to pay customs on this, because you are your own country. (laughs) Do you want my trees for business or pleasure? (laughs) Choose wisely. So, Cheryl's pretty pissed. Storm's off. Uh, All of her students go, their synchro rate, at least 250%. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Betty is visiting Dr. Curdle. And had some tests done, and he's like, yeah, you're not producing any eggs. Just like me! Me and Betty, we have so much in common. And this is where he does have the giant fucking mirror on his head. And in a wonderful lapse of confidentiality, I guess in any uh, universe, Dr. Curdle Jr. loves gossip. And so he's like, yes, you are like... Many other women who are having trouble conceiving. I've had five other young women come to see me. Like, you're not supposed to say that. You're not supposed to say that. Unless you're setting up, like, a a support group or something? uh, Especially to, like, the FBI lady who can't keep her mouth shut and is totally going to bug you for more details. Uh, Um, So that's the end of that. Back at Tony and Fangs' house, they're in this, remember? The baby has not stopped crying. Fangs is like, you know, I talked to my grandma, and she told me that serpent mothers would leave their babies on tree stumps overnight. This is south side serpents, not like snakes and shit. (laughs) Like human beings would do this to their babies in this town. And then... They'd go back in the morning and the babies would be sleeping and they'd cried the colic out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, apparently my mom did that to me and I turned out okay. You know why it's called Fox Forest, right? <laughs> right? 
And he's like, I'm just saying, maybe we should think about it. Toughen the little guy up. Either the colic is gone or Anthony gets eaten by a coyote. Either Either way. Either way, the crying stops. We're going to get back to sleep. The crying stops and things are better. This this episode is five Stephen King stories at the same time. This is like the cycle of the werewolf, but it's all in one month. Uh, So meanwhile, uh, Veronica has surprised Reggie with... um, what she calls cold hard proof that she values him, which, which is, is cash. money, cash, all over the bed. Thousands, apparently, just strewn about like rose petals in the bridal suite. And she's like, you know, there's one thing I always fantasized about. I always wanted to make it on a bed full of money. I bet you have. That is the most true to character thing Veronica's ever said. I'm like, you have it? <laughs> you have the money. You could have many a times. Chad wasn't into it. Archie would have been fine with it. Chad would only have sex through a sheet or something. He's like a weird... I think Chad might be a latex fetishist, actually. I get the vibe that Chad was boring. <laughs> <laughs> Like, very boring. Same thing every time. Lights out as a rule. Like, no foreplay. Just like, okay, pop it in. Little, uh, 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 and then we're done. He would not touch any of their parts. No. He just, uh. <laughs> um, so at the Cooper house, Alice is <laughs> Alice is rewarding uh, uh, Frank for another bit of plumbing well done, I guess. And he's like, Thanks, Alice. Those brats were delicious. And she's like, it's one of my special recipes. So I ask you, does Alice make her own brats? Her own sausages? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Alice. I'm pretty sure that's Johnsonville's recipe and Frank knows. So so right after he finished cleaning out her drain. If you know what I mean. She was just there grinding meat. (laughs) (laughs) If you know what I mean. Uh, into intestine casings. Yeah, she's, he, she's punching he, those guts. Yeah, yeah. As he hung around. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was hung around. Yeah. <laughs> it's it yes. But but so, enough innuendo. Alice is going to lay it out thick and direct. She says everything short of, I want you to put it in me right now, Frank. I would like you to stay with me in my bed. That's what I want. And he's like, um... (laughs) I I gotta take a rain check on that one, actually. No, thank you. And she's like, fuck you. And so he is out, and she is down one handyman. So meanwhile, uh, over at the Andrews, um, Betty's like, you know, I've been thinking, what if we adopt a baby? Archie! Ugh! Archie is not into that idea. Archie wants to become a father and he wants to be an active part of every step of fathering. He wants to conceive a baby. He wants to be a pregnancy partner. He wants to go through birthing as much as he would go through the birthing. A very important role in many birthing plans, but let's be honest here. Yes, and and Betty's all, you know, I want to have your baby. I want to be the mother to your child. And he's like, you will. And I'm just over here like, adoption is an absolutely valid way to do that. And this is kind of icky. 
for for discounting that as a, a a valid option for parenthood is icky. But the note that I had this whole time is, as someone who has no interest in birthing children, being a a father at all, this is like watching aliens. It's, I can't, I just don't get it. I can relate on some level to. Every other thing, even the the parenthood problems of actually having a kid, I have empathy for like Tony and Fangs, but for wanting a kid, I are you speaking French? I do not understand you in the least. That is exactly how I feel anytime someone's <laughs> like, I want to have a baby. I want to be pregnant. I'm like, why? <laughs> it sounds awful. I wonder if that's how people feel when they hear me talk about enjoying watching Riverdale. <laughs> But I don't have to feed it for, like, 20 years. Yeah, only seven now uh, and counting. (laughs) Tony is hiking through the woods at night with her baby. And she is come upon by Cheryl, who is always patrolling uh, uh, these woods, of course. And who just pops out of there and is like, hey, what you doing? Well, she says it in the most Cheryl of manners, quote, What are you doing with that little bundle of babe? Yeah. Pig in the city. Uh, Cheryl ends up holding the baby, and baby Anthony just stops crying immediately. For the first time in his life, apparently. And, and Tony's like, how the fuck do you do that? And it's like, oh, perhaps it's my homemade perfume. I suppose I could, like, turn it into a concoction that would help make his colic go away. Yeah, she offers a magic potion mm-hmm. in exchange for in exchange for a favor. She needs to bear witness in return. Yeah, yeah, that's how Cheryl says favor. Uh, so meanwhile, um, Tabitha wakes up in the middle of the night screaming. She's having spider dreams. <sighs> yep, you can talk about this part. I'm not talking about the spider dreams. Well, I mean, that's basically it. She, she wakes up, she's sure she's being uh, bitten by spiders, crawled on by spiders, and Jughead wakes up because the person he's in bed with is screaming and flailing. <laughs> and he's like, no, no. I, I don't see him on you. I, I don't feel him. These are brand new sheets we bought at the store today. It's okay. Did you it's wash just, them? It's you should wash them before you put them on your he bed. You didn't buy them from the spider store. But you're still supposed to wash them. You gotta get, like, the chemicals and the start stuff out. E- either way. Make them he, smell nice. He gets her to calm down, and she does. You could have an allergic reaction to that. And they breathe, and they go to the second commercial break. That's right. We're only up to the second commercial break. And when we come back, Jughead is shirtless in the bathroom. Inspecting all these, like, bites and and welts and uh, uh, rashes, because now he's seeing evidence that he was indeed bitten all night. And Tabitha rushes in with her own, like, oh, you got him too, huh? This is fucked up. And they talk about bedbugs, and they talk about scabies, and they talk about a bunch of nasty shit until she's like, fuck this, I'm going to call an exterminator right now. You know what? Tops, my worst nightmare of, like, pregnancy, bed bugs. That's, that's worse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, that's worse. So this is nasty shit. Like, I don't, mm-mm. So, uh, meanwhile, Cheryl uh, lets every, all her anime children know that it is time for arts and crafts. Yeah, yeah, she, she's got the burlap and the twine. And they are making puppets to honor the Maple Maiden. <laughs> so time for some crafty time along the fire. Uh, and so what they end up doing with them is after they make the poppets, they put them on sticks yes. and they stand them in the area where Archie 
and everyone was going to make their maple grove. So I guess each of her students made one. So there's like the first angel, the second angel, all the way up to the 13th angel at the, the new grove location. Um, and so, they, you know, Archie comes there with his, his crew, the mm-hmm. crew being every single male member of the cast. Yes, both Kellers. <laughs> yes. And everyone's like very like, Oh, I don't know if we should mess with this, Archie. Tom is especially wary of digging up these poppets. And Archie's like, no, we're going to plant our trees. Just tear them out. And everyone's like, I don't know. But they do. Anyway, they they go along with it because Archie is the conquering hero. Everybody loves Archie. At home, he's just fiddling with this one poppet he has when when Betty comes in from, you know, the field office in her her, uh, FBI windbreaker and notices, like, hey, that looks familiar. Uh, I think I saw something like that looking through the cold case files labeled W for witch, I guess. I don't know. This is fucked up shit. So she's like, toodles, gonna go (laughs) check that out. Nice (laughs) seeing you for a second. Uh, so, So meanwhile, Veronica is showing Reggie the blueprints for the casino. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's like, you and I are going to christen every square inch of this place. They do not pay their cleaning staff enough, let me tell you. And he's like, so how come you forgot to give me an office? She does not even care enough to have a cover story or, or a, any sort of lie or explanation or like, oh, it's a co-office. We're going to work out of the same. Nothing. She just sits there and looks at the blueprints and says, uh. That's a good question. I'll redo it. And he's like, no, too late. That that like, shows me what you think about yeah. our relationship. Reggie has her fucking nailed and not in the usual way. Uh, meanwhile, Archie gets another call from Kevin. That's right. Kevin has three scenes, and they all start with him calling and, Archie on the phone. And he's like, Archie, I'm in the woods. I came back because I forgot my shovel. Yes! Someone ripped the saplings out of the ground. And they probably used your shovel to do it, Kevin. Don't you feel dumb? Um. So Archie storms in on a town committee to he- yell at Cheryl. Yes. Who he didn't know was going to be there. Well, he did because he's at Thornhill. They're visiting her. I thought that she was visiting them. No. Oh, it didn't look very Thornhill-y. <laughs> it's a big house. There's lots of rooms. It was too bright. Yeah, this is what it looks like in daytime. <laughs> yeah, I'm not used to that. He's like, you you tore up all our stuff. And he's like, what? She's like, why would I do that? I am... I, the keeper of the maple flame. Because you have the nerve. It's very unseely. It's like, well, you did it because, you know, this might mean one day we don't need your maple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're going to fight about maple. And then what he finds out is that Cheryl uh, had invited them all there to invite them to her maple festival. And they had accepted on behalf of the town. I don't think you need the town council's permission to just, like... Hold an open house and say, hey, kids, we have fun prizes and games. You do when you're another country. Uh, uh, okay, so it's an immigration issue. It's, they got to stamp all have, the visas. They have to open the borders. <laughs> um, I would like to point out that they are having a maple harvesting festival at the right time of year. Yeah. It is no longer snow on the ground. We are in spring. Which is when you're supposed to tap the trees. Although it all looks very autumnal at the same time. If you look at the trees, though, the trees are green. That's true. But when you look at the the Maple Festival, everyone is dressed as, like, scarecrows and shit. 
That's what we associate maple flavoring with. I, I guess, I guess. Betty is over at the satellite FBI uh, office and going through files. And, and she finds the old poppet that, that she remembered and flips around it and sees it's monogrammed in red thread RB and lets out a gasp. <gasps> Rose Blossom. And this poppet was also, we got to see a little peek into the photos of the crime scene mm-hmm. that it's associated with. Fucked up. Which was also a sacrifice, but not of a deer. But a person. Real fucked up. Yeah. Uh, So it's her turn to go, like, kick down the door at Thornhill. Oh, not kick down. She used a bobby pin. She makes that very clear. Uh, But she is waiting for Cheryl inside the lobby. Cheryl wonders why everyone uh, uh, keeps coming to see her today. And she says, I get it. I'd be obsessed with me, too. (laughs) Very good, Cheryl line. Honestly, that stuff hits way harder than all of her, like... I read a a Shakespeare play in 10th grade, and I'm still kind of not over it lines. (laughs) Betty uh, is like, so, this deer, not the first blood sacrifice that has happened on the grounds here. There was a drifter that was killed. And this poppet was pulled out of of his throat. Uh, By the way, his heart was carved out. What the fuck is going on? She's like, Betty, I have a festival to plan for, so cut to the heart of it. Come on. (laughs) I see what you did there. I see uh, it. So meanwhile, Frank and Alice are having a little chat. And Frank has come over to apologize for his abrupt exit and offer an explanation. See, back in his secret murder for hire mercenary days. He was married. He had a secret wife and a secret daughter that that nobody, not even uh, uh, Fred, knew about. Because they could be murdered. Mm -hmm. And they were murdered. So I guess he was right to be afraid. Um, and that's why he's not sure about getting it on with Alice. He can't let himself love again, even though she just propositioned him for sex. There was no talk of love. It was like, yeah. Like, she introduced it by saying, I like you a lot. And then immediately, I find you very attractive. I'd like you to stay in my bed tonight. (laughs) Any feelings did not get close to that line. Um, so she's like, okay, I understand, but like, how about a date tonight? We could go to the festival. And he says that would be fine. Uh, so yeah, festival prep is, uh, deeply underway in full swing as Cheryl swings over to Pops for a giant stack of takeout pancakes. They have the best takeout pancake boxes. It looks like the boxes you get a -A Build-A-Bear in. (laughs) But it's stacks of pancakes. Okay, you know the, like collapsible uh, drink carrier thing where like it, it folds out like a pop-up book and you can put like two uh, uh, 20 ounce paper cups in there. Double that in size so you can fit full pancakes in them. And these pancakes are for the pancake eating contest, mm-hmm. which it's is a lot of fucking pancakes. my worst nightmare. These pancakes are stacked up higher than the handle of this there's no way they are staying inside the carrier i don't understand they the carrier is closed like it has a top it has a top it like connects together almost like a happy meal box oh okay it just it has a clear window that's how you know there's pancakes in it i thought it was open i didn't think it was a window no no like then your pancakes would get like dirty only if your car is dirty (laughs) but i am a person that can consume like Two pancakes. And then I'm like, well, that felt like a rock in my stomach. This episode is full of horror, specifically <laughs> this, for you. This is like an Ebbs 
absolutely terrifying episode. Even we got now pancakes. We got spiders. We got pregnancy. Everything I don't want. So Cheryl, being the observant uh, uh, maven that she is, notices that, you know, Tabitha still has some bug bites on her wrist. And she has bags under her eyes. And she asks, What demons torment you, Tab-Tab? Tab-Tab. Tab-Tab. <laughs> you don't know her. You were not friends in high school. Oh, but she's like, you know, I can give you an ancient cleansing formula, yeah, it's but a, it has a price. Another potion in exchange for a promise. There, I, there's a, a trend going. And what she needs is full participation in all maple events, and this includes from Jughead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Tabitha agrees because she wants to get rid of the bugs. The next bit of preparation takes uh, takes place over at Thornhill and is part of... I don't know, home ec class, because they're baking a special pie. Yes. A sin pie. <laughs> and Cheryl tells the story of how they used to bake sin pies for what? the town, and what's consumed? <laughs> they're dressed in Eva costumes, and they're making her say senpai. <laughs> and, and what's consumed? Uh, it would uh, take all the sin from the town. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, who would eat it? And someone chosen to handle the weight of sin from the whole town. <laughs> and if you're separated for more than five minutes from the sin pie, your batteries run out and then you're fucked. Uh, so meanwhile, uh, Betty and Archie are ca- catching up about the poppet and the festival. And she's like, Betty's like, something evil is happening at Thornhill. She is planning something. And Archie's like, thank you. I'll take a hard pass on that festival. And Betty's like, no, we are going. Obviously. She calls Thornhill a pastoral house of horrors because she is Cheryl's cousin after all. She gets a line like that every once in a while. Yes. But Archie is really upset about how he can tell immediately something bad is happening. There's something creepy going on and and the town is the worst off for it. But everybody's super jazzed to go to the cool fun times festival. And he asks Betty, is the world crazy or am I? And can't it be both, Archie? (laughs) (laughs) So now it is time for the Maple Festival. Mm -hmm. Um, What we find out is that baby Anthony's colic has cleared up and he was not eaten Mm -hmm. by coyotes or foxes. He lived. Thank thank God. Tabitha and Fangs and the baby run into Betty and Archie and they're like, oh, did Dr. Curdle help with that? And they're like, oh, oh no, we found our own remedy. Oh shit, they're Um, anti-vax. Get out of there. Run, run, go. Anyways, gonna go melt milk a goat now. <laughs> they actually are say that. They're gonna go milk a goat. Uh, Fun and, times at the Maple Festival. And then uh, they're like, oh, good luck, Archie. He's like, why do I need what, luck? What? what? Uh, so then uh, Cheryl is with Veronica and she's like, oh, I saw you and Reggie came together. Which ship name do we prefer? Veggie? Uh, Veginald? Veggie? Vagina? In, like... Ve- Reggie prefers vagina. That's that's for sure. I like. He'll veggie. eat that from the back. Uh, but but yeah, we know Reg- you're you're into veggie. That is like more. Veggie. That is more evidence that the writers are listening. Jugatha and veggie. We got veggie. We got the return of the sacred deer. The, this they're is listening. Like, they're doing this for me. They're doing. I mean, they're also like pulling out all of my hatreds. But they're they're really listening to me. Listening is a, a two-way street, a double-edged sword. 
but the conversation continues and uh uh veronica opens up that things are not all well in yuppie land uh all of reggie's old insecurities are, are coming to the fore you didn't even consult him in the design phase for this uh casino where he's supposedly an equal partner yeah i'd be insecure too so so meanwhile archie and, and betty are together and jughead comes rushing in yes and he's like archie I need you. This is very clever because... So he's like, Archie, I need you. Tabitha has been flipping pancakes all day. Which I'm like, she already did that earlier. Why is she still flipping pancakes? Like professionally. Okay. I guess they got a pancake stand? I don't know. He's like, I need someone to go against me in a pancake eating contest. Because, like, the whole town is scared because it's Jughead. (laughs) What, What I love about this is it puts Archie... He puts Archie up to this by appealing to a need. Like, he, he frames it as a way for Archie to be a hero. Like, I need you to do this. Not, I'm going, I need someone to be. I need you to do this so I can eat the pancakes. Like, <laughs> even as mundane a hero uh, uh, as it is, there is a need for a hero. And Archie cannot turn that down, which is, it's good character work. They have the pancake eating contest. And I have to say, I feel like perhaps it was... Not exactly fair to have Tabitha and Pop Tate to be the judges um, of this pancake eating contest that was literally Jughead and Archie. Um, but the results are 116 pancakes <laughs> eaten by Jughead <laughs> and 119 eaten by Archie. Okay, okay, and, and okay. Oh, oh my god, I've got to... you got to know how much like pancake mix that yes, is? Yes, yes. Average weight of pancake... <laughs> That's 10 pounds of pancakes? <laughs> Over 10 pounds of pancakes. 10 and a quarter. <laughs> After Archie has declared the winner, Jughead puts his arm on Archie's shoulder and is like, Archie, you're like a brother to me. I love you. And Archie is just like, yeah, I yeah, man, too, I love you bro. too. They love each other. And it is just an incredible, amazing horror trope that tells you something is up because, like, Jughead is clearly saying a goodbye and Archie doesn't get it. He's he's being ushered into something that he does not know is lying in wait for him. He's just like, okay, Jughead's on, like, a sugar high from all the syrup or something. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, so then we go to the Maypole. Yeah, just like a quick insert shot of the Maypole. That Nana Rose is watching, of mm-hmm, course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cheryl is having a little chat with Alice and Frank. And agrees to whip them up a love spell. Everybody who's been having problems, Cheryl has the solution to those problems. And all she asks is support in, you know, whatever the, the festivities of the day are. Everyone has a part to play. I love this episode so much. So it good. comes together so cleverly. It's... I kind of wish it was a two-parter. Some of this could use a little more room to breathe, but I love it all the same. It's so good. Uh, so then we go to Archie and Reggie, shirtless, having a sawing competition. Yeah, they're doing fucking lumberjack games now. Uh, you know, first to... It's to, nice. <laughs> first to saw the cookie off the log wins. And Archie wins by a matter of inches with 119 pancakes <laughs> inside that boy. Well, it's that car boost. Just sloshing and blah, 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 blah. Well, it's 10 pounds. It's not sloshing. It's like solid. <laughs> Why doesn't he have a gut? <laughs> Instead, he has perfectly ripped abs. 
He should not be able to fit in the pants he came in with. But he's just like, no, look at me, I'm ripped. <laughs> Reggie just makes Archie look like nothing. <laughs> and it's amazing. But on the other hand, Archie makes Reggie feel like nothing. He's so upset that he lost, even when uh, Veronica walks up and says, Hey, dipshit, you were supposed to lose. It's fine. It's get over yourself. What a strong, healthy relationship they have. Yeah. Um, I do like that we have like a family um, working together theme going on because uh, Sheriff Keller and Kevin are the ones who announced the win on that one. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just very like, oh, there's a little theme here. Cheryl says that it's time for sudden death. Yes. And this is. Although sudden death comes several scenes later. Never you mind. <laughs> So she's like, who will challenge Archie in this last competition? And it is axe throwing. And Betty comes forward out of the crowd saying she will. This axe throwing competition is very like you get one try. You you throw one axe. Whoever gets closest to to the middle wins. Wins everything. Doesn't matter that Archie like won the other stuff. Whoever wins this wins. It's sudden death for all the marbles. And Archie goes first, mm-hmm. and he gets very close. He he grazes the the uh, bullseye on this painted target, and is very proud of himself. And is like Betty, if you you know if you just want to give up, I understand. What do you think of Betty's dress that she's wearing to the festival today? I mean, I don't like it. I wouldn't wear it, but yeah. it's very Betty. It's very trad wife, and I think she looks good in it though. Trad wife, uh, cottage core, cottage core. Yes, it's very cottage core. Yeah, it's it's the color palette of Betty, but Betty's normally, like, preppy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this, or, like, uh, Real House, or not Real Housewives, Desperate Housewives. <laughs> yeah. And this, yes, is very, like, flowing perfume catalog mm-hmm. ad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I like it. It's nice. I mean, she definitely wants her quiver full, so uh, she, she's wearing the uniform with a slit that's pretty high, actually. It's not so quiverful. Yeah. <laughs> Quiver filling, I guess. (laughs) Uh, So then it's Betty's turn, and she just fucking gets that thing right in the middle. (laughs) And so she's crowned a a serve queen. The Maple Harvest Queen. The Maple Harvest Queen. But there is a prize for runner-up, a very special pie. Mm. So Betty and Archie go home. Mm -hmm. She's like, here's what I found out, Archie. That Poppets... Our fertility dolls. Ah. So why don't we put this one under our bed and make a baby? <laughs> but after some pie. Yeah. Archie hears that and he's like, yeah, okay. But Betty's like, uh, 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 you got to eat up your pie. I need I need my big man swimmers to have all the, sh- the sugar possible. My maple king is going to need all the energy for what I have planned. And then she scoops some pie out on her fingers and he licks it off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then they have fucking table sex. The way. Okay. 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 (laughs) But they they smooch and uh, Betty gets pushed. more than smooching. Yeah. But Betty gets uh, pushed to be lying back uh, on the the dining table. Mm -hmm. And the way Archie like grabs her thighs and pulls Uh her onto him. With her dress all hiked up. And here's the thing. For a hot second, I'm like, does he have pants on? 
Uh, and I'm like, he does have pants on. You see it for a second. Because for the censor's benefit for only. CW I, could not show this you, type of thrust in on regular TV. Because you know that's meant to be insertion. You, yes. The entry oh, plug is oh, loaded. And it is like some thrust in, but because there's pants, this is allowed. Because <laughs> as we know, if there's visual thrusting that is above a sheet... Like, not covered by a sheet. We don't show that on TV. No, they've done actual thrusting on this show. It's so rare. It's very rare. Even in movies, it's mostly just, like, there's a lot of arms in in filmed sex. Yeah. Remember that episode of The Expanse that we just rewatched recently? That you had, had, like, side body and, like, mm-mm going on? That's the power of cable. That was still one of the sci-fi seasons. They weren't Dang. even streaming yet. Like, woo. But in any case, that is how Archie ends the day where he had more carbs than he's had in his entire life to date. Uh, and so, uh, at some point, they, I guess they made it upstairs and went to bed, and uh, Archie's awoken by Kevin calling him Number again. Number three, hat trick, baby. And this time, Kevin is calling to say that they have Betty. Some crazy maple rituals happening at Thornhill. You have to come. So he, he hikes out to the woods uh, in the maple grove, and the moon is huge. And red and bloody. And there is fire within the trees, and, like, you know something's up. So he he rushes in, and he's like, stop, don't hurt her. And they're like, ah, we've been expecting you. And but, what we see. But before he can get to Cheryl, they have to, like, sit in an elevator, not moving for a really uncomfortable period of time. Huh? I'm trying to, like, seed weird Evangelion references anytime we talk about Cheryl or her school. Oh. So you're just going to have to roll with some of these things. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, so we see Betty. And this is all very midsummer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We got Betty with a flower crown, dressed all fancy. And she's loving this. She's so happy. She, You might say she's glowing. We'll get back to her glowing in a second. But everyone else is wearing the... um. They're wearing, like, peasant clothes. Peasanty clothing. Very midsummer, again. All matching, of course. It's, it's With poppets. Sort of they all got poppets. Generally white, but, like, uh, red. Uh, red sleeves. Sort of t- tunicky tops. Very midsummer. Yeah. The movie. We're yeah. talking about the movie. I am aware. Okay. You haven't seen it. I've seen enough clips of it <laughs> to know what they're referencing. Um, so, they're like, a sacrifice has to be made. The right kind. The whole time Archie's thinking they're talking about they're going to sacrifice Betty. And he's like, no, you can't. And I won't let you sacrifice her. And she's like, oh, no, no, Archie. I am with child. Earlier tonight, I became with child. With a son. I can feel it. You can't feel shit. If you just had sex that night, you're not pregnant yet. What happened to sex ed in Riverdale High? Kevin, God damn it, Kevin. Her eyes are like bugging out of her fucking head during this. It's so good. And she's like, in 25 years, he will be crowned the Maple King. Like you. And like, what the fuck? So Cheryl gives some insight that women cannot be sacrifices. Because women have to give birth. But men, their blood is the seed. Their blood will bring Rivervale back. So... And here's my favorite. So Cheryl's a turf. Not my favorite move. <laughs> so after all this... Uh, when she's like, you know, it's you, you're the one, and we need someone who, who's, you know, not powerful, but like, got has a little more oomph. And he's like, Cheryl, I'm not a virgin. 
<laughs> and she like, rolls no. her eyes like, yeah, no shit. No, you sure aren't. I'm the only woman in this town who hasn't slept with you, Archie. Like, yeah, we that sure wouldn't the fuck be you, Archie. But you're pure of heart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. this is what this is what I fucking love about this episode so much, because the way it's all been happening in the background is Cheryl has been giving everybody what they want most, right? She's been giving health to the baby. She's been giving, like, purity to the cursed new home. She's giving uh, uh, Betty a baby. And what has Archie wanted more than anything every single goddamn day of his life is to sacrifice himself for people he cares about. Yep. And now you got your wish, baby. Because you're pure of art. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> and so they like circle around him. And as he's like trying to like get someone basically to help him, Veronica whacks him over the head and knocks him out. And we know you cannot kill people with rocks in this show. It does not uh-huh. work. They tried it. Um, so then when he wakes up, he is tied up to a stake. He has a crown on his head. Mm-hmm. And there are, are glyphs all over him. Do you recognize these glyphs? Are they from Sabrina? All of these glyphs are from, like, the, the wash and care instructions on clothing tags. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, my God. 100% yes. Really? So, so he is killed, and his heart is torn from his body, and Cheryl holds it. A pure heart, the powerful. We We do have to pause a little bit, though, on this, like... It is such a horror movie, like, or not horror, it's one of those, like, really intense, like, we're going to actually watch her stab him. Yes. And, like, not just stab, like, but, like, stab and, like, cut. Yeah, she she butchers it, him. It is intense. She probably got lessons from Dr. Curdle Jr., beloved family practitioner. And, yes, and when she has his, his pure of heart heart in her hand, it is still beating, and it is grotesque. And it's amazing. And it's the end of the episode. All that is left is for Jughead to come out in his suit now, doing the Rod Serling outro. Uh, And he says, So ends the heroic life of Archie Andrews. Born in Riverdale, died tonight in its shadow town of Rivervale. And he says, Hope you enjoyed, because no one is going anywhere. We are just getting started. And he walks away. Behind him is the town sign that says, Rivervale, the town with heart. <laughs> and instead of like the tiny little pop in the the Yeah, the, thing, the sponsored by Pops a, that the new sign has. It's a maple tree. It's a maple tree. So, okay, we know uh, the, the price that Cheryl paid to extract these favors that she needed from everybody. The unity of the town. Cheryl did what Archie never could and totally unified all of the town under uh, one cause for a moment. Mm-hmm. What did Kevin want? Just to be involved for once? Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just wanted to be involved. He was just glad someone thought of him. <laughs> Darling, what did you think of this episode? This is a banger. This is an all-time favorite. It's so fucking good. Actually, I take it back. I don't think it needed to be two parts. I don't think it needed that much space. Ten minutes. I would have killed for for like a ten-minute extended slot, you know? Yeah. But this is a great episode. It is just so good, and it goes so hard Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at it. There's so many little things in it. Like, throughout the episode... I mean, some of the lines are so cheesy, but at the same yep. time, you're like, 
they hint harder and harder about what's coming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then so many of just the references to, to different movies and things. But it is so grounded in who these characters are yeah. and what they want and how they operate and how they relate to one another. Cheryl seizing power not just from being a whack job that scares you because you don't know what to do, but by being an observer of these characters and being able to see the, those pressure points that she can touch on, that she can save everybody, help them with their needs. Yes. That is a source of power that I wish Cheryl uh, got to draw on a lot more often than she does. Yeah. Uh, and also, I'm very flattered for uh, uh, the, the writers listening to, to us after all these years. Remember back uh, in season one, just before the finale, when we talked about how cool it would be if uh, uh, Riverdale was an anthology series and Jughead was our presenter as yeah. we go from... Uh, parallel uh, uh, Riverdale to parallel Riverdale. Uh huh. Different iterations on uh-huh. these characters. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, that feels pretty good. I feel like they listen to our show. Like, it can't all just be coincidence at this point, right? Like, we won't tell anyone if you confirm it, but if you, like, just want to, like, send us a little little note or DMs something. are open, and I cross my heart, hope to die, it stays between us, but. Just let me die happy. <laughs> Come on, Roberto. What, what do you think about the episode, dear? I fucking love this episode. <laughs> I loved it so much. Even with all the things I don't like, mm-hmm. being included in the story, I love this episode. One of my favorite things is just how hard they go at the sex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just so much. And it's so good. Um, but but just the, the possibility space opening up from saying, oh, this isn't Riverdale. This is Rivervale. Yes. It's a separate town. It's so fun. We don't know what the rules are. We, yeah. we don't we we don't know. We're about to find out. The the doors are completely blown off. That explains how Sabrina's gonna show up even though Sabrina's dead. It's yeah. Rivervale. She ain't dead here. Yeah. There's something again so fun, so freeing about this that just I'm like, I don't know what's gonna happen and I love it. And mm-hmm. there's there's so much possibility. And because of this, like, five-episode event presentation, right, we, we are told we will be in Rivervale for the next four episodes following this one. Yeah! So it suggests, at least suggests, I don't know, that there is a real plan for once, that there is there is a, a board with notes and strings, there, there's an Excel sheet that everybody is following along, so much of the fun of this show is where you can tell, like, the writer's room clearly playing telephone with one another, dropping and picking up and twisting plot lines willy-nilly. We love that ride. But I'm also excited to see the possibility of them going the other way. Something where they've actually, like, planned it out. hmm Because while that has incredible hits, it leaves disastrous misses, like, say... The example I'm always going to go to, uh, the the lost quarantine of Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Well, and what is, I feel like this makes it really fun, too, because there's extra anticipation of what to look forward to. Yes. Because it's one of those things that hits so well. It, it reminds me of some of like, the flashback episodes, mm-hmm. like the, the Midnight Club, mm-hmm. and like how enjoyable that was. But yeah, it, we yeah, knew yeah. it was just a one-time, like, just that episode. Where this, it's like, oh, God, that was really fun. What's going to happen next week? Like, I want to see next week's episode. We're watching a brand new show. And, and I mean, talk about uh, new opportunities opening up. Archie's dead. 
Archie's fucking dead. We've never done that before. He's fucking dead. Twice. I mean, I would die if I ate ten and a quarter pounds of pancakes. Under a time limit. Like, that's the rules of pancake eating contests, right? And they, like, weren't little baby one-biters. Yeah, we saw them. They were pancake pancakes. How much syrup do you get? So, so darling. Yeah. We could gush about this episode and its, its promising potential forever. Yeah. But let's talk about the future in a slightly different way with predictions. Predictions. You got one for us? Top-level headline prediction, I believe that Rivervale is Jughead's next published work. Oh. We are in Jughead's next book, or perhaps comic, because Jughead is apparently a comic book collector now. Or at least Rivervale Jughead is. So I was going to go with Rivervale is Archie's coma-induced dream. We've seen so many coma dreams on this show, and we know what they look like, and they don't look like this. Archie's actually dead, and this is... His journey back to life, they're doing magic, so Sabrina, uh-huh. to bring him back. So, like, we're going to have Sabrina in Rivervale, mm-hmm. but that's going to be, like, a version of Sabrina that's there trying to lead him back from death mm-hmm. to the real world so he doesn't die. My supporting evidence is obviously Jughead or a, a second Jughead yeah. being a, a physically present authorial voice. Mm-hmm. But also, like... I think coma dreams are so played out in general ever since Jacob's Ladder. Everybody wants to be the next Jacob's Ladder. Uh, but... Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, it actually was. I didn't know anything about Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> well, you've caught up with everyone else. Uh, but also, like, as far as sci-fi or, like, mystical parallel worlds and portal jumping... That's something that might exist in River Vale, but I think it would uh, uh, contradict the rules of Riverdale, which is generally very mundane explanations in the end, but especially literary ones. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're just reading Jughead's book now fits that perfectly. Do we know what Jughead's manuscript was that his girlfriend took? Like, what is it about? I mean, last we knew, it was a bunch of gibberish, or, or at least that's how Betty uh, described it, that is in New York. Well. They, he could have got it back. I don't know. Well, no. What I'm what I'm want, thinking, if you want to go that route of it being Jughead's book, what if it's that book mm-hmm. and it's like been published under her or something? Oh. And what we're finding is what the story is. And then when we go back, we're going to find out that he... Like, has found out the news that... That would be fun. Especially because it would mean that Betty took a look at Rivervale Betty and thought, there's no way I would say this. That That's not me at all. <laughs> Fuck this. I want to have your babies! I would never say that. This is bullshit. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Rivervale, I think it's clear that every wish that uh, uh, Cheryl has granted will be some sort of monkey's paw. Like, okay, Anthony doesn't cry anymore, but he also doesn't laugh. Oh. Or, I mean, Betty's baby, gonna be a demon. Obviously. Obviously, etc. and so forth for, for all of them. Okay, so then... I mean, just still being with Reggie seems like a curse all on its own. You don't, you don't need to twist um, that at all. Did you see his pectorals? Did you see his hair? It's fine. <laughs> don't have to look at it. <laughs> There's other things to look at. I'm more of a eats 119 pancakes kind of physique. 
I here's here's the thing. I am trying to figure out how Sabrina fits in to Rivervale. Mm-hmm. Like it seems obvious that she would. Yeah. But from where the story is with the characters right now. Mm-hmm. Sabrina is is scheduled for a few episodes out. There's time for more twists and turns along the way. But my thought right now is that in order to set things right, in order to, to save Rivervale from the, the false, deceptive promises of Cheryl, we need our pure-hearted hero. She has to come and bring Archie back from the dead. Which is actually bringing him back from the dead in real life. Ah. 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 Yeah. 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 That's what I was getting at earlier with, like, the, the Sabrina's going to be his guide to, like, life. If you had a choice, yeah. there is some sort of Archie Media-based genie who, who curses you to live in either Riverdale or Rivervale. Your choice. Where are you going? Rivervale. Is it because Vegas is still alive? I mean, that's a plus. If he's <laughs> still alive, I can assume Fred is, too. Oh. And that FP still lives in town. Ah. <laughs> also, I could walk in on my neighbors having hilarious sex at any point. <laughs> I mean, that's true for both. That's both sides. Oh! It's a whole different level in Rivervale. Uh, so let's talk about what we know is coming down the pipe. Next episode, next week... Uh, is chapter 97, Ghost Stories. Ghost Stories is the name of several films and television programs, uh, and also, you know, a category of story. I don't feel like going any deeper into into the name of that one. But in the trailer, uh, Jughead continues delivering these narratorial uh, uh, interludes, but this time, while he's at work in his pops uniform. (laughs) Yes. Uh, It seems like Tabitha and Jughead's place is haunted, Yes. And that Tabitha might get possessed. She's either possessed by a ghost, like uh, reenacting the murder-suicide of the, pe- the the previous owners, or it's a flashback and the previous owners kind of looked like Jughead and Tabitha. Also, there is a veiled lady carrying a baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Jughead actually reads some of his comic collection. Good, yes. Good for him. And Veronica and Reggie still are not happy with one another. Amazing. Who could have guessed? They cursed themselves when they had sex on top of the money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They should have just left well enough alone. Why do you think Scrooge McDuck is single? Because he knows better than to, like, screw on top of his money. Goldie wanted to go one time in the money pit, and that was it for them. They were done. Yeah. I don't want to imagine Allison Janney and David T- and Scottish David Tennant's sex noises. <laughs> but now I... As ducks. But now I kind of am. As ducks. How's that going for you? So again, we will be back next week uh, talking about Chapter 97 as uh, Cheryl's school marches ever closer to enacting the Human Instrumentality Project. Am I supposed to know what you're talking about? What? What? And and Veronica and Reggie achieve not only the first and second, but a third impact. I never know what you're talking about. Uh, so I guess that is, uh, the end of this episode. That's it. That's all she wrote. That That's all he wrote. We're in Jughead's book. Uh, so we will be back next week. But until then, you could leave us a rating and review. Sure could. I like it so much. You could also tell a friend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is almost, um, 
you know, time where you have to see your family. So like, this is definitely a great Thanksgiving conversation. I mean, it's also a great thing to just listen to on road trips. If you know somebody you who's go. going to be driving somewhere uh, or or flying or, or traveling oh. at all. You can also follow us on social media at sex underscore Archie. That, that's a Twitter specifically. It's the only social it's media. It's the only one. That we're on. If you find for, it somewhere else. this show. I cannot tell you what you're going to get. Archie can, apparently. <laughs> so with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant, and from us here at Sex Archie. Early morning delight. Like a hurricane here in Rivervale. Race cars, lasers, airplanes. It's a. I don't. I can't say. I don't you can't know. rhyme with Rivervale. By <laughs> solve a mystery or rewrite history. Honestly, the song really could be the theme of the show. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They solve mysteries. Early morning delight. It's not delightful at all. You don't like the way I said it? Do you want me to say it different way? I don't like the way Betty says it, that's for Early sure. morning delight. Oh, no, it's so bad. Early morning delight. No, it's bad. Early morning no. delight. Do you want the early morning no, delight? No, it's bad. Do you want the early morning delight? Why are you doing a tickle voice? <laughs> I'm going to get the early morning delight. <laughs>